Welcome, Welcome to, to the Giorgio Says Podcast. If you love to keep up to date with all the latest pop culture news and celebrity gossip, then this is the podcast for you. Tune in for exclusive interviews, reality TV updates and recaps, and the juiciest gossip around. Now, now please welcome please your host, Giorgio Takanokis. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Giorgio Says, and I am going to be recapping for you episode two of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, season 11. I'm also going to be diving into a little bit of um, the two-part Real Housewives of New Jersey uh, reunion. Honestly, I... I'm going to dive more into the Real Housewives uh, episode, but I will touch on New Jersey. The only reason why is I feel like we didn't get a lot out of the ladies this season. There must have not, they, they clearly didn't have enough going on. They were probably pulling to try to make the show like keep going. So they just cut it short. Hence why we only have a two part reunion, not a three. Um, and actually I feel like they could have done the reunion in one part. Um, and called it a day, but nonetheless, let's talk about it. All right, so um, for Real Housewives of Beverly Hills this week, episode two, um, again, we're we're kind of looking at some Bravo editing that's seemingly a little bit shady. Um, so Sutton goes to visit Erica in her downtown Los Angeles, like loft or whatever her, her, I guess when she's working and I guess another area for overflow, uh, clothing and shoes and whatnot. But again, we're, we're showing the elaborate mechanics behind packing for Lake Tahoe, because that's essentially what she's doing. She's picking looks for, Lake Tahoe trip with the girls. Sutton shows up with a basket. When does Sutton ever show up? I mean, she's literally a class act. She brings a gift, and it's not just a gift. It's always, like, a nice gift. So, like, one of my goals is to go to a party with Sutton. Because even if it's not her party, more than likely she's going to bring a gift for everyone who is close to her or who is on the attendee list. But nonetheless... It's nice to see Erica and Sutton kind of catching up and having a one-on-one. I don't believe they did that with them last year. So I couldn't really tell if Erica liked Sutton or if she was just kind of like, I'll take her if I have to, but whatever. So it seemed like they were having a nice conversation. Sutton was talking about how she found her, you know, her own pretty mess in the whole selling her house and the divorce and being single and buying a new home. So that was kind of nice to see. But again, with the editing of the stylist pulling looks and all the like labels and the the shoes and the jewelry and just the, first of all, the, the, the loft downtown I mean, again, it's like cringeworthy to watch. And I'm sure it is for her too, because it's like, oh my gosh, you literally look like you're just throwing this in everyone's face now. Um, and again, we still, this we're still not even at the time where she's even filed for divorce. So it's not like 
I understand that this was happening before, but it's still weird watching it back, even for me. Um, and also, I do get a little confused when we have a stylist there, but then your creative director, Mikey, or whatever his name is, like, I don't really care for him. I don't know him. So, but based on what I've seen, I don't really care for him. I don't really understand exactly what he's doing. And I definitely don't understand what he does for her now that I'm seeing Danny, who's a stylist for a lot of different celebrities, Kardashians included. If she's there picking the looks, then what's, what is, what is he there for? Like, does he literally just put the looks in her suitcase? Like, what does he actually do? And like, how does he direct the creative, if you will? Because it seemed like Danny did all the work. But anyways, that's also part of the excess in my eyes is we're, we're seeing her packing for a trip that really shouldn't be a big deal, but it's this whole to do. It's as if she's going to like the Oscars and there's six or seven different looks. Now, don't get me wrong. I love, you know, having options. So I do, I do empathize with that. If you're going on a trip, even if it's for a long weekend, you want to have options because let's be clear. Sometimes you don't want to wear what you packed and your mood changes and you just wish you would have brought two other options, you know, or there's one option that you were going to pack that you didn't think you needed to pack. And then you get all the way where you're going and it's just like, well, shit, I wish I would have just packed the other two things because I would have definitely worn them. But anyways, so we have that going on. So that was nice to see, especially because we do know that later on or at some point in the season, Sutton and Erica definitely butt heads. Um, now we get to the, the Garcelle and Kyle um, sit down, which it, it seems like they're just having like a nice lunch and Kyle's being very positive. And this, something about this just seems like this was, this was talked about before it actually was talked about. Like there's just something about the dynamic of the sit down that it was not as authentic, like in real time. Like I almost feel like those two had a phone conversation and I do believe that Garcelle explained the same things to her. I just don't think that that was orchestrated in real time. And I know a lot of these conversations are, not in real time. Like I know a lot of them are talked about off camera first and then they re talk about it on camera for an edit or, you know, to, to add to the storyline. So it was really interesting to see that Garcelle was explaining the stereotypes that come along with black women and black people in general. And that basically Kyle throwing that, allegation out about her not paying the charity is feeding into a stereotype. Now, like I said in the last episode, I don't think Kyle meant it the way that it came out. Now, it doesn't mean that she is innocent in this because it's you have to understand what your words can do to certain um, groups of people and just out of your own pure, like, privilege you don't think because you don't you know I think Garcelle said it perfectly like I think Kyle said I would never think that would be what people would take away from my comment and Garcelle basically said because you 
don't have to think about. Like you don't have to walk around every day worrying about if you're feeding into a stereotype that's been given to you. And so I thought it was a very educational moment. Um, but I don't think it's Garcelle's place to educate the women. Now I understand her being on the show as part of the friendship group. There is going to be some of that where she's going to hold people accountable. But I think in this instant, I think her and Kyle were able to kind of come to terms with the miscommunication on both ends. Right. I think Garcelle was able to clarify, like, I didn't just raise my paddle and pretend like I was going to pay and then not pay. It was literally like things fell through the cracks. They had my old address, but once she got the information she needed, she rectified it immediately. And I, and Kyle confirmed that. And I think also for Kyle, I think Kyle is also jumping in and getting ahead of any opportunity that could possibly make her look like she racially charged that statement to her. So it seemed like they were able to kind of clear the plate um, and kind of move forward in a much more positive way than Garcelle and Lisa's sit down. So that was a very interesting um, to me because it, it shows how affected Garcelle was with the whole Lisa Renna coming for Denise Richards last season. And I think with this whole Kyle thing, I think two things, I think they hashed this out pretty early on. I do think that they introduced it into the season as part of Garcelle kind of coming to terms with some of the ladies and what happened last year and her kind of having her own point of contact and, her own storyline with these women separately. So I do think it was also added in for educational purposes. Cause I know Bravo is trying to be more diverse and they're trying to open up those lines of conversations more as we're seeing with other franchises like New York. Um, but I was happy to see that they moved on from it because I honestly didn't think that there would be a rift between Kyle and Garcelle. If anything, I thought that they would probably get along only because they seem like they're very free-spirited and they, I don't know, they just seem like they would be good girlfriends once they got to know each other. Um, And so that was nice to see. Also, we got to see a little bit more of Crystal at home in her home life. So just her and like a normal day, which is kind of nice to see because we didn't get to see a lot of that. Obviously, they weren't going to show too, too much in episode one. But we get to see, you know, she's very, she's a stickler for a schedule. Um, and she is definitely like, she's, she's a ball busting like mom, you know, like she's very like on top of her schedule with the kids and everything. She's got her housekeeper. So it doesn't seem like she's got this full on staff going on. You know, she's got one housekeeper that seems to kind of manage the house and, And then it seems like, I think she said her brother has been staying with her since the beginning of the quarantine or somewhere along the quarantine. He's been staying with her in Los Angeles, but he's actually a pop star um, back in China. So that was fantastical because it's like, wow, like that's even crazier. She's got this like pop star brother in China who's now living with her 
but also kind of helping take care of her kids. So it seems like she's kind of down to earth in that way. Um, she does kind of name drop a little bit, but that's to, I mean, her husband's kind of a to do, um, in terms of like who he is. So that kind of makes sense to me. I didn't realize that her husband was that much older than her. Um, because he doesn't seem their dynamic doesn't come off that way to me, but, um, nonetheless, I thought it was really cool. And I loved the relationship that she has with her housekeeper. Cause it, 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 it shows as genuine, like this person just doesn't work for her. It's like someone who's a part of her family. And I always appreciate those types of things because it, it says a lot about the person when someone is technically working for them, but they're in their home and they're still, they're, they're treated like they're part of the family. You know what I mean? Even though they're being paid to do things, it's, it's just, it's really cool to see that. So that was nice to see a little bit more about Crystal um, and get to learn a little bit more about her. And then, then we get to, let's see, we were, I guess, I guess it's an airport. It's a smaller airport for, I guess, private flights or whatnot. But of course we have it so that Lisa Rinna and Garcelle are the only ones at the airport. And it's kind of awkward. And I'm sure it was set up on purpose that way. Um, But it was clear that they don't really know their footing around each other. There's still some like awkward small talk and just, you can just see that Garcelle's just kind of like, I would rather be with anyone other than this person. So um, then the other ladies start showing up. So we get to see Kathy again. She's going to be on this girl's trip. I didn't realize that this was her first girl's trip ever. That's kind of crazy to think about, but I think it's also kind of nice that she's done everything with her husband because that's just kind of, you can tell that's who she is. Like she doesn't do a lot of all girls things, which becomes more and more clear as this trip goes on that she doesn't really do that that much. Um, and again, with the fashion, like Dorit comes in and she's got herself all kinds of like decked out and it's, it's seemingly casual, but it's just like, it's just so spot on. Like she totally gets the assignment. You guys, I, I live for her looks. Like, I think she's probably my favorite, like, person on the show, merely based on her, like, aesthetic and her style. Like, she kills it. And no one can tell me any different. And if you do not like her looks, you're probably secretly a little bit of a hater. (laughs) Because I don't understand how you would not think that those are not fire looks. But anyhow, they all get on the plane. They're all heading to Lake Tahoe. It's only an hour flight, so I guess I guess it would be like a four or five hour drive. So that was nice. It was um, nice to see all the girls in close proximity to each other. It was also really funny to watch Garcelle be super duper uncomfortable on the flight. It didn't seem like she was really engaging with any of the women, but probably because she was uncomfortable flying. Um, and so they get to Lake Tahoe, and it's this massive. Um, massive, gorgeous house. I think it had like 17 bedrooms and 18 bathrooms. It was just ridiculously big. Um, But it was really nice and it looked like it was 
a nice view and I've never been to Lake Tahoe. So it was kind of nice to see it from that, um, from that spectrum and that view, because it's, it's definitely somewhere I want to visit now. Um, it was hilarious to me that they didn't have anybody bringing in their bags. So also, I didn't realize people packed this much. I'm not sure what, like, I think Dorit brought like five, like, they weren't large, but they were like normal size luggages. Like, I, I don't know what was in all of that. I didn't, I thought they were probably only going to be there for like a long weekend. So it was really interesting to see that they all brought so much stuff. I also thought it was really funny that Kathy brought a fan because she can't sleep without the sound of a fan. So it's like all these like things that we're learning about Kathy. Like she's such a quirky, hilarious person because of these little things that you would never in a million, I would never in a million years think that Kathy Hilton was packing like one of those plug-in fans or even has one of them. I mean, just doesn't, even seem like it matches her aesthetic but it's funny because she's actually like really down to earth like she's like completely like could care less she you know she wore what she thought was comfortable she's not there to like do the glam and all this other she's very laid back and I really really liked that about her it makes me like want to hey guys I just wanted to take a quick moment to talk to you about a brand that I have loved for the last four years called Ideal of Sweden, and they are a Swedish fashion and lifestyle brand for cell phone accessories. So imagine your outfit's on point, you're ready to hit the door, but your cell phone case kind of ruins the vibe. Why not try Ideal of Sweden cell phone cases and accessories? They pride themselves in delivering the highest quality in everything that they put out. This includes sustainable thinking. Each product is quality tested multiple times before it's even delivered, and it's carefully selected in terms of what materials are used. So the durability, the comfort is there, but it's not ugly. I don't know about you guys, but there's nothing worse than an ugly cell phone case. I'd almost rather shatter my phone than carry around something that's way too like mechanical and clearly just looks like it's there to cover your phone. Ideal of Sweden focuses on constantly developing new innovative functions, which is why they have so many accessories to choose from. So if you guys want to elevate your cell phone accessory game, you need to go to idealofsweden.us and use the code BBGiorgioSays at checkout and you will receive 15% off your first order. Again, you want to go to idealofsweden.us and at checkout, use my code BBGiorgioSays at checkout and get your 15% off and start elevating your cell phone game, guys. Um, what else is going on in this episode? Gosh, it starts to blur a little bit because I, I figured that Lake Tahoe was going to be more than one episode. So um, anyways, Kyle decides that even though they have a chef uh, person for the entire stay in Lake Tahoe that, you know, their first night there, she was going to to cook dinner herself. So she ended up um, making a salmon dinner, but then burned it. So that was a big miss. 
Um, what else happened? Oh, Sutton, again with the gifts. She bought all the ladies flasks, which I thought was really a cute idea. Although some of the ladies didn't get it. I think Crystal, I don't think she was trying to throw shade, but I think she, in her confessional, was just like, I don't, I don't know what I would do with the flask. Whereas Kathy was just like, I'll put my mouthwash in it, you know? So I think it was just like this, again, we're starting to see like crystals, got these little sound bites. And she's coming off a little harsh, but it's also like, we don't know her personality enough yet. So it could just be like playful and fun and it's just being edited out of context, but we won't know that until later um, when we get to know her a little bit more. But, um, but yeah, so the girls have their burnt fish dinner and then they go and play a game called two truths and a lie. And I thought there was a lot of opportunity here, but it didn't seem, I don't know. I wasn't super like intrigued by this two truths and a lie. Well, first of all, the only one that I thought that did super well in this was crystal because hers seemingly all of them could have been a lie. So I was just like, well, there's only one lie out of this. So that one was the only one that I thought was really interesting. I thought it gave me a lot of insight to at least who crystal is in terms of like her background. Um, Kathy didn't get the assignment because she gave three truths um, and no lies. And gosh, I don't even remember anybody else's. I think Erica's was a little bit odd. Like she, I didn't understand hers. Um, yeah, I wasn't into this game. It wasn't really giving me anything. Um, and... So then that happens and it seems like everyone's going to bed and then Garcelle decides it's time for her and Lisa to have another conversation. Um, and basically Garcelle just goes in and reiterates that she doesn't trust her and it's going to take her some time to trust Lisa Renna. And I think Lisa Renna understood that. I think Lisa also is letting her know that I'm going to do what's best for this situation, meaning the show. So I can't promise you that I'm not going to throw you under the bus. And I think that's telling because it's letting Garcelle know that like, this is not real life. This is a TV show and it needs to, things need to happen. Um, and if I have to be the one that makes that, that something happen or kick something off, then that's what I'm going to do. If you end up being an innocent bystander, like, Sorry about your problems. Do I agree with that stance? No, but I do also kind of understand that the, the point of all this is to make a show. Um, so if, if everyone's just like not pulling their weight, then yeah, there's going to be certain folks that have to always come off as the, the truth seekers, if you will. And I think Lisa Rinna has kind of been the person that has stayed on top of the whole own it brand and wanting to seek out the truth, even if it wasn't something that she needed to like get truth on, like with Denise Richards, it didn't really matter if that really happened. I think, like I said in the last episode, I think a lot of that had to do with behind the scenes stuff. I think it had to do with, you know, the, the paycheck that Denise was getting and the output that she wasn't giving. I think that's kind of where, Lisa went into a head spin and I think she just dragged this whole thing out because I think she was making a point to say like, you can't just come on here and just kind of 
hide what you feel like hiding or, or lie about certain aspects because that's not what we're here to do. And even if it's uncomfortable to share, you still have to do it. So I do agree with that. I do agree with some of that being like, you know, an easy paycheck for Denise who thought she probably would just show up and play off of the other drama that was going on, but not so much get into the mix. And inadvertently she ended up being the entire storyline for last season. So I think Lisa and Garcelle still not in a good place. Doesn't seem like they're moving forward. Seems like they're going to take it day by day. Um, and I think there's more to come with this situation. I don't think Garcelle's going to let this go. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot more of the, the dynamic between Lisa and herself. I think it's going to be strained for a little bit. Um, and, and as of currently, I don't even know if they're even in a good place still. I know the season's wrapped, um, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. And then we kind of end the night with Kyle and Crystal and Sutton having a nightcap and they're talking at the bar area and Kyle kind of recaps her meeting with Garcelle and talking about it and then giving Garcelle's point of view and her not understanding that, you know, there were these stereotypes out there and it seemed like it was a good segue for her and Crystal to kind of open up the conversation because Crystal then starts talking about how she can, you know, she can understand that or she can relate to that. And, and this is where it starts to make me a little bit sad. So as they're discussing it, Sutton is seemingly very triggered and does not want to have the conversation at all. She doesn't want to be discussing it. She doesn't want to talk about, you know, the racial inequality or the stereotypes or any of that stuff. And this is where we start to see like, okay, something's a little bit off here. Like, why are you so turned off from having this conversation? So Crystal challenges her and basically says, are you the, like, are you that girl? Like, I don't see color. And that takes it like over the edge. And then, you know, obviously like it cuts the episode off and says to be continued. So we'll have to figure out like what happens on the next episode when it's in regards to that. I really hope that that's just like a small blip for Sutton. Cause I would really be disappointed if that was the mentality that she had was, you know, and I get it from an older generation, which that whole thing was like, well, you don't talk about that stuff or you don't, it's kind of like politics. Like you don't talk about politics and religion with your friends and family, but this is something that's going to come up on purpose because they've already opened that conversation up with Garcelle and Kyle and Kyle's opening it up to crystal. And we have someone in the mix now that's very uncomfortable by these conversations, which is funny to me because Sutton and Garcelle have blossomed into this like really cute friendship and they've gotten close. So I, find it hard to believe that they've not had any discussions pertaining to race or anything that's been happening um, in the last year. So that was a little odd to me. I don't know if it was a, a mix of being in front of the camera and Sutton being a little bit triggered. Maybe there's more to that that we don't understand. But nonetheless, it's already looking like Crystal and Sutton are not getting along. Um, or not that they're not getting along. They're just, they're really... It's like oil and vinegar. 
they're not they're not mixing very well specifically within this type of conversation. So I also think it kind of threw Crystal off because she was just shutting it down so quickly. I think that also kind of triggered Crystal a little bit to be like, oh, is this the type of woman you're going to be? Because that's kind of like, that's disappointing because that's not, that's not who you kind of want to be around, but that's, that's kind of like showing the reality of life though. I mean, I think we've all come in contact with someone in the last year that we felt like, okay, we can have these types of conversations. I have been in that place where, you know, I've come into contact with a sudden that's just like, absolutely not. We're not talking about that. I'm not going to talk about that. It's inappropriate. And it's like, no, it's actually not. It's actually very appropriate to to discuss these things because it's important. Everyone look at each other and see each other for who they are and what people actually go through. And so I'm hopeful that we don't leave it here and that this is just the way Sutton is just going to be about this particular um, situation. I hope that there's more to the story or obviously it says to be continued. So we're going to have to wait and see how that conversation um, unfolds. And um, hopefully we have some like learning moments because I do love Sutton, but I'll be very disappointed if she does not, um, educate herself at least to the point of being able to have these conversations because I think they are important to have. Um, but I don't think that Sutton is, um, ignorant. I know her comments and the way she went about it was ignorant, but I don't think that she herself is ignorant. I think she's actually very aware. I think she's also very into, um, She's just very into like manners and aesthetic and what you do and don't do. And it's just this like this whole approach to life for her, I think is going to like unfold now that she's with these group of women. Cause I don't think these are the types of women that she would normally hang out with. If I'm honest, I think this is like, I mean, I think in social circles, yes, but not in such a, like, close proximity. Specifically not having these types of um, racial-induced conversations where you're bringing up racial stereotypes and someone in your friend group who you're really close to is a part of that conversation, but you're not comfortable having it. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with that conversation next week. Um, So... That was, I think, you know, wasn't super duper like entertaining in, in, in the sense of we didn't really get a lot of juice out of it. It seems like we're still kind of pawing through certain storylines. We're kind of building into stuff and it does seem like we're going to still be in Lake Tahoe next week. So with that being said, I'm going to jump right into the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Uh, I think it was season 11. Uh, reunion, but I'm going to recap both parts because to me, they could have just been one. A um, couple things I wanted to point out. I, I felt like Jennifer is being really extra on this, on this reunion um, or both parts rather. I know that they typically like to bring it because it's, they're trying to secure their place for next year. But there was something about this time where it was like she purposely was coming out the gate with trying to 
come from Marjorie. Um, Marge and Melissa were like her, her punching bags, if you will. I didn't see any drama between Melissa and Jennifer this season, and they didn't really speak ill of each other other than that one girl telling Jennifer that her, that Joe didn't pay the guy who introduced him or something when he was at some speaking event, but that was like a one and done thing. They like totally killed that rumor. It didn't stay like a storyline. So it was just weird getting to watch these reunion uh, shows with them and seeing how hard she was going after Melissa. And I also thought it was really interesting that we're still revolving everything around Teresa. So like, we we kind of jump around a little bit. I feel like they didn't really have a lot to discuss um, for this last season because there wasn't any real storylines going on. I mean, the only thing that I think was really, that could have been a big storyline was when Jackie and Teresa had their like stint with Teresa spreading that rumor at uh, Jackie's husband's birthday party about him allegedly cheating on her with people at the gym I don't even know why you would start something like that and then end it so short. So like, for me, I was very confused. Like we did all of that. And then yes, Jackie made the analogy about Gia. Was it the best analogy? No. But do I think that at this point, Gia is of age that she is kind of in this with her mom, like in the sense of like, she's not really a child anymore. Like she's actually like, to me, she's on the show. Um, she's been on the show since she was a, a child. So she's literally grown up on the show. But at this point in the game, she's literally, she could be like another like friend of the show. She's on there quite a bit. Um, so I don't think it was as bad and if I'm honest, like, it wasn't the best analogy, but I can understand from from Jackie how she felt that that was the only thing that she could do to try to make Teresa understand how bad that whole rumor that she started at the party was. It's like you you don't have anything else to pull from. So that was probably the quickest one. Jackie's very, like, quick and witty like that, so I could see her pulling that out of her ass, like not thinking ahead, but she was already mad and hurt. So it was just hurt to hurt people trying to hurt each other. Although I'm not sure what the whole point of Teresa doing that to begin with was. My only thought was she was trying to start something because they needed some ammo for the show. I think they went into the season with not a lot going on. And so they were kind of pulling here and there different things. Um, so that's why I wasn't really impressed with this last season. And obviously Bravo wasn't either because they cut it short. Um, but I think it, it, it speaks to them filming so quickly after their reunions, because that's kind of what they do in New Jersey. They like, they'll shoot the reunion. They'll wait literally like two weeks, confirm the housewives and then go right back into filming. So they don't really, they don't miss a beat. Um, but I think sometimes that hinders it because they need to kind of let it like die down a little bit, let things 
happen, let some real life happen, because otherwise they're going to be doing what they did last season. So I'm hopeful that they don't run into that this upcoming season that they're currently filming. Um, because it, it will, it'll just be another like snooze fest. I mean, there wasn't a lot going on. So it was, you know, stretching to do a two part reunion, which is why I'm not like, I wasn't super impressed by it. I really thought that, you know, there were certain aspects that were like good, but overall I could have, I mean, I could have just listened to a recap of it and been fine, but I watched only because it conveniently came on right after uh, Beverly Hills. So made sense to watch it, but I, I wasn't, I, I just, I also don't think the storylines that were going on outside of it, like the Melissa and Joe situation, I don't know how much of that is actually real. I just, there's, I'm sure there's some aspects. Like, I feel like this could have been an issue with them at some point. Like, I do think that, did they have issues when it came to Melissa going out and doing, you know, striking while the iron's hot? Because, you know, let's be clear, like, you're on a show like this, and as long as you've been on the show, if you're getting opportunities, you've got to strike while the iron's hot. This isn't going to be a show that's going to stay forever. And nor is a guarantee that you'll be on the show forever. So you really got to like take advantage of the platform. And I think that's what Melissa's trying to do. But I also think Melissa's really good about pre-planning her storylines because we kind of saw this get called out last year. I think um, Jennifer called her out on the fake baby storyline that she was trying to do. And although this seemed like it was more, like, intense because, you know, she kind of kept up with the whole, like, even when she did her interviews or press for the show, this would come up. You know, how are you and Joe doing? And she would kind of feed into that storyline more and, and make it seem like, oh, you know, he's really had a tough time because he's used to, you know, the old school mentality that the wife stays at home with the kids and is a homemaker. But... I don't really believe that. Like, I believe that there was portions of that that occurred or they probably did have hiccups in the road because, you know, she went from just being a housewife to then owning a business and traveling and doing a lot more. But I don't think it was as heavy as they made it out to be. I really do think that this season they were all struggling to figure out where they were going in terms of the storyline, what direction each of them were going. And I think they just, which is another reason why I think they brought in Teresa's new boyfriend, but towards the end, because I think they were just grasping at whatever they could. And they probably just went to her and was like, look, we need something because this isn't it. This is not working. You know, it's not going very well. So I think they just threw in what they could. They had big moments. I mean, you know, Jennifer got called out at the reunion because she was seemingly throwing her mom under the bus for a storyline, but I disagree. I think your mom knows that there's cameras around. I'm sure you guys had talked about what you were talking about on camera, off camera, because no, there's so many, like, conversations that we see on camera that took place off camera first, because it's 
specifically when it's someone like your family. Like she didn't bash her mom. I think, did she show a lot of empathy to her mom? No, I wish she would have been a little bit more empathetic. I mean, yes, it's clear that she's, you know, on her dad's side, but I don't think we really grasped where her mother's hurt came from. Like I do, like I can see, I'm not saying that, you know, Jennifer's father is like awful, but everyone has their point of view. And I think that the one thing about Jennifer that I will say is she does put her family dynamic out there like a lot, um, which the other housewives typically aren't really doing that much of. So like, you know, like I think it was last season or the season before, you know, she brought up the fact that she's got a gay brother and a family that's a little bit more, you know, conservative. And so those are some heavy things that she was bringing up on behalf of her family, but her family was also there for the conversation. So again, it's like, I do think that she's probably one of the only ones that's trying to stay authentic with her storylines. And I think that's why she comes after Melissa is because I think she sees through Melissa's like smoke and mirrors crap and that she's just not, she's not being honest with what's really going on. I don't, and I kind of got that too. Like I really could smell this like whole, like her and Joe bumping heads over her not being, you know, the same wife she was before, like all that stuff I felt was so orchestrated. Um, but it carried them through. Now I could be wrong and that could have all been very real. And it was something that is an ongoing issue. However, I don't, I don't think it was, I don't think that's what was happening right at that moment. I don't think during that point in time that they were still dealing with all these things, even still to the point where they would need to create this whole storyline for this last season. Um, Dolores, I love Dolores, but there's just not much going on with her. I feel like it's the same stuff, you know? People want to know if her current boyfriend wants to marry her or not. He bought her a Porsche, not a ring. And then was just like, that was another like thing on there to like, they just kind of threw these like things out here and there. And you thought it was going to go somewhere. And then it, it didn't. It just kind of like, it burned out um, after a while. So I think. New Jersey needs a revamp. I think they need to switch up, maybe not the full-time cast, but they need to bring on some better friends of the show that are new and fresh and bring like some different dynamics to the group because I feel like they keep going after each other on the same type of things. And it's just, it's such a repetitive storyline for a lot of them. So that's my take on it. I know I don't have a lot of uh, dirt when it comes to the reunion, but there wasn't really a lot of dirt to give. Um, I think the dirt will come in between the reunion and them filming the new season. I think that um, because they had to cut it short, I think they all got a, a stern talking to and everyone needs to be reevaluating what, what they're bringing to the table. So it'll be interesting um, to see what they bring forward for the future season ahead. Um, what else? Yeah, I think that's it, guys. I'm, like, honestly, like, I'm super excited about 
Beverly Hills. I think we're going to get like a really awesome season out of the ladies. I think um, we're going to learn a lot about Erica that we didn't know before. And, you know, we'll at least be able to get to see things from our, um, her side. And then we can make, we can make the call and say like, okay, well that was wrong or, you know, she should do this. There's still a lot of fingers pointing to like, she's in the wrong just based on things that have come out. But like I said, I still want to kind of give this a chance to like unpack itself and see what, what they do with it. Um, but yeah, so thanks for uh, listening in. Thanks for listening to another episode of Giorgio Says, and I will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening, guys and gals. This was Giorgio Says. Like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And for all the latest updates, go follow Giorgio Says on Instagram. See you next time. See you next time. 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 time.